When you have a calling in the arts, one thing that you're going to need a lot of is persistence. There's so many things that can discourage us, that can try to stop us from the pursuit of what the Lord's given us to do in our lives. But when you have a Christ-centered view of your purpose, boy, your perspective is changed because you know there's nothing that can stand in the way of God's carrying you forward. My guest on this episode demonstrates the power of persistence when you have God moving ahead of you. Hi, disciples, and welcome to the Creator's Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Matson, and I have as my guest on this episode one of the most accomplished painters in Western art, Jerry Jordan. Jerry and his wife Marilyn are two of the most wonderful people you will ever meet. He's had success, he's had failure, and everything in between. But through it all, Jerry has persisted in the calling in his life and has seen the Lord work in incredible ways to the glory of Christ. You are going to be so encouraged by what Jerry shares on this episode. So, let's get to it. Jerry Jordan, welcome to the Creator's Calling Podcast. Kurt, what a problem. What a honor. What a honor. You know, I have been so looking forward to this. You know, we were talking, just for the listeners now, we were talking just a few minutes ago, just before we we decided we started. It started a couple of years ago, and you have been such a busy guy. The Lord has just had so many things. His timing was just right, and now we've got you on. And man, am I ever excited to be able to spend this time with you. Well, I'm very excited and honored to be able to share it with you. It's been a two-year uh, climb, a high yeah. climb. <laughs> <laughs> it's been well, a steep climb, man. It had you have been so big. I think you must be the busiest guy in Western art. It seems like it's like my goodness. Uh, it is just remarkable everything that's going on and all the things the Lord's done. And we're going to get a chance to to talk about all that. But uh, wonderful, wonderful, man. It's just it's just so exciting. Let's start here, Jerry. I like to start each podcast with give us a little bit about your background, like where you grew up, those kinds of things. And then we'll start with I start we start every podcast with how did you come to know the Lord? So give us a personal background and then how did you come to know Jesus as your savior? So I was um, born in West Texas uh, in Lubbock. In Lubbock. Raised raised on a farm between uh Lubbock and Brownfield. We had a farm between Ropesville and Meadow. Meadow. When you leave, when you live there, they call it Meadow. <laughs> and so, at uh, and after my seventh year of uh, junior high, we moved to Brownfield, which is basically where I spent um, my uh, growing up years, mm -hmm. uh, adolescent growing up years, and began painting uh, actually uh, in Brownfield. Wow. At 13. At 13. Yeah. And that's something. It and is. So uh, it's been a 66-year uh, development. Uh, development. Um, my, my show that we'll talk about here in a little bit uh, will celebrate 66 years of painting. Wow. 
that's you know that is remarkable to have a career that long in in the art world that is that's quite an accomplishment right there that the lord had been right had taken you right through all of that and you've had such a big it's been quite a journey to uh through all of this you've had so many different things that have taken place yes um it's, it's um to, to stand back myself and what and look at it it's like but god you know the scripture says uh, but God, and then mm. without that, I don't know how would how would have gotten through it, or how would have um, would have happened. But I, it was just planned. Um, I think it was pre-planned all all along, you know. Mm -hmm. But I was raised in a church in um, in Brownfield. In fact, um, in fact, we went to the church before we moved to Brownfield. My wife Marilyn, we met when we was both fourteen, in that in nineteen fifty eight. Her father came to pastor our church, the Church of God Church in Brownfield. And so um, we've been together ever since. Wow. Oh, what a great story. 59 years. We're both now 79. Now, how that happened, I do not know. It just kind of slipped up on us. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how it works, isn't it? Oh, good. I mean, it's just amazing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So raised in the church, um, my mother was a singer. She was head of the young people's uh, programs, and my, my dad was a big supporter of the church. And so when, when Marilyn came, uh, her father was pastor, and there was four children, and she the uh, second child. And uh, her mother was uh, taken from earth uh, four months thereafter in a car accident. Mm. And so um, we were both 15 at the, or she was 15 at the time. She's four months older than I. So her mother died in January. Um, and so that really cemented um, my devotion to Marilyn. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I'm sorry, I braced tears every time I mentioned that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but. Um, the journey has been um, very bu bumpy, uh, but when you look back at it from 79, it doesn't seem as bumpy and rough, but going through it, you know, for each and every one of us, um, we, we can tend to think that the cloud is so dark and black and we'll never get out of it at the time, but in in, in weeks, months, or years in the, in the future of that, we can look back and we can see God was there all the time. Mm-hmm. Boy. So that's what I rejoice in. That's so good, Jerry. It, it, is, it is, just like you say, that it's there's such a benefit in being able to look back and see the Lord's hand here and there and just how everything, just as you said, you know, it says before, you know, when he told Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and yes. called you to be. And that's exactly what he does is do exactly that. So I love that analogy that you've, you've painted there. Um, now, how you and Marilyn met when you're 14, 15 years old. We married 14. Wow. We were engaged, we were engaged at 19, married at 20. Wow. And uh, we we came to Taos together at 19, 
uh, and that's how I discovered the Taos founders' work, mm -hmm. and fell in love with Taos and and the art uh, that was exemplified here. And so I've been on a sixty-six journey, a sixty-six year journey of trying to learn how to do that. Mm. My book itself is is um, is about what does it look like to try and paint for sixty-six years, and also trying to make a living at it and make a make a living at it and learn how to do it at the same time. <laughs> I, that that's a real challenge. Yes, I, it I, is. I had a job once when I was seventeen at the First National Bank in Brownfield. My intentions was to be president of that bank. And I had joined the distributive education program at, in the Brownfield High. And so they had a program that allowed you to work half a day and, and go to school half a day. So I, I got a job at the bank. And then shortly thereafter, my mother's parents were having the 50th anniversary in Paris, Texas. And so we went there for a family reunion and a celebration of that anniversary. And next, we go into the Wade Park and immediately di directly uh, connected to the park was W.R. Thrasher's art studio. Well, we drive, oh. by this little, we drive by this little studio and there's this painting in the window. And I'm, I had begun painting at 13 already. I'm going like, oh my heavens, I, I, I want to see that art. And so soon we got a chance, my brother and my mother and I, just walked a hundred yards over there to to the studio and spent an afternoon with um, or a few a few a few uh, a couple hours with Mr. Thrasher, where I go like uh, Mr. Thrasher, I paint. Well, you know, Kurt, how many you run into that paint, sculpt, uh, sing, and uh, he wasn't surprised, nor nor really um, uh, impacted in any way. He wasn't really excited about it. And so uh, getting ready to leave, I go like, um, I want to come back here and watch you paint. And uh, he said, well, I get that really often and uh, I don't do that. Oh. And, I'm, and I'm going like, well, uh, 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 that's not a real good reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to paint. And so uh, I'm pretty good at it. And so... I'm working at the bank and I need to schedule my vacation. And my grandmother lives eight miles from here at Blossom. And so I could come stay with her. So um, I need you to reconsider this. And he said, I, I, I don't have time to do that. Well, I, I graciously um, bowed out, got home, and I wrote him a letter thanking him for his, his audience and his time and reminding him I wanted to come. And he didn't answer that letter. And, uh, I gave it a week or more, and he didn't answer it. And so I wrote a second letter, and he didn't answer that. Well, my, I'm going like, well, I, I guess I know one letter could have gotten lost. Two in a row, I'm, I, I think he's ignoring me, and I, I don't think that's acceptable. So I wrote a third letter. Now I'm 17 years old, Kurt. <laughs> And so he didn't answer that. So I wrote a fourth letter. Oh, good grief! And I and I sent a painting. I painted a painting. I copied a Robert Wood fall scene, a little twelve or sixteen, and I sent that to him. And I gave him uh, uh, enough time, and he didn't answer that either. And I'm going now. This is just this is uh, this is uh, not good. Uh, he's ignored me, and and I don't think he should do that. So mm -hmm. I wrote I wrote him the fifth letter, Mister Thrasher. 
I gave you the benefit of the first two letters, thinking they couldn't gotten lost. I've even gone to the to the trouble of painting you a painting and sending it to you, and uh, you didn't answer it nor send the painting. I want my picture back. <laughs> <laughs> and I I get a letter in three days. His wife had written it and said, "I have never met a kid this young with more audacity in my whole entire life." <laughs> You have two weeks in June. And so I got to go to Mr. Thrasher's for two weeks. Wow. I, was to pay, I was to pay him $5 an hour to watch him paint for the morning. And then I, I was to leave. And so he took a liking to me, which is called God's favor. Mm. And um, he said, you know, why don't you stay for lunch with us? And I had lunch. We had a, we had a big uh, vegetable garden. The food was incredible. His wife was an incredible cook. I helped her clean up the kitchen. And he said, well, you know, why don't you just hang around this afternoon and um, you can watch me paint again. And um, he said, no, no, we're not going to do that. I'll I tell you what. Uh, I'm going to show you how I painted the painting this morning. And so that's what happened. So he taught me. He taught me how to stretch canvas. I didn't know how to do that. You can buy eleven dollar Frederick's roll of canvas and get eleven twenty four thirty sixes out of that for a dollar piece, Jerry. And so that's a pretty good investment. So I'm, we're going to stretch one, and we copied the painting he did that morning. And so what I didn't understand, what I didn't realize, was, and I like to, I like to compare this to God overlooking us, looking mm. over us. I would be painting something. He said, well, you know, I don't really know how to tell you to correct that. The best way I know how is to show you. And so he would fly for, we were, we were uh, painting a painting of uh, flying geese. Mm -hmm. And he said, um, okay, let me show you how to, let me show you how to correct the, the, the shape of that neck. It has a little curve in it. And so I was doing it straight. He said, no, you've got to have, you have to have a little curve. So he, he would fix that for me. And so, um, um, I had 11 paintings by the end of that two weeks. We did it one a day. Wow. And so, um, he told me, he said, don't you ever sell those things. You, you hold on to them as, uh, as examples of, of where to go from and to, to learn from and say, why don't you come back here next year for three, three weeks. You have three weeks next summer. And so I went and paid, painted three weeks and um that was my senior year coming up so i went back to the distributor after the first year went back to the, to the school and i said to my distributed education teacher i said um i want to quit the bank and become a self-employed artist this is this is really what i want to do for a living and he's in this and the teacher said well you can't do that and i'm going well why not <laughs> And he said, uh, well, we don't have a program for that. And uh, I said, we'll go make one. Uh, <laughs> uh, he said, well, you can't do that. I said, now look, now you reason with me. You have young people who don't feel uh, like going to college and you're training them in a, in a trade. How can you explain to me, training me to be self-employed as an artist goes against that program? He said, well, you got a point. So he goes to the, the principal, the superintendent, and the school board and get it, gets it approved uh, and comes back and says, well, you can do this, but you have to have an art studio. You can't just paint at your house. 
my dad had already turned in the, the back patio to a, uh, a nice studio for me. So I was telling my dad that, and he said, um, well, uh, you, um, I told him I said, I had to have a studio. He said, well, where do you want it? Isn't that something? My it dad is. Said, you don't, where do you want it? I mean, so he, uh, he built me a studio. In 1962, it cost my dad $4,000 to make. Wow. And it was a replica of Mr. Thrasher's studio. And I, in turn, made $4,000 my senior year selling paintings. No kidding. Yeah. So back to Mr. Thrasher's correcting that little painting, that little curve in that, that uh, goose's uh, neck. I, 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 uh, I make the analogy that God's there to correct our, our mistakes as we go. He's there watching. He, he let us. He let us ride through, but he's there to, to shield us and protect us and undergird us. Yes. And that's what Mr. Thrasher did for me. And so, sixty-six years later, here I'm writing a book about all this. <laughs> craziest wow. Thing the, craziest thing in the world. That you. Know, I love your how you're tying that in. You're seeing the Lord's hand in every component of it you know uh psalm 32 uh 32 verse 6 it, or verse 8 tells you i will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go i will counsel you with my eye upon you and he guides us in so many different ways and everything that you've just shared you see the lord's hand in moving you right into the calling that he had for you and what is remarkable to me is that, that at your age you were boy you knew what it was and you were moving ahead on with that it's amazing, really, when you look at it. It is. It's like, oh, man. I love that story, Jerry. That's just fantastic. So let me add a little bit to it. So my, yeah. my, my father goes to the coffee shop and tells his coffee buddies, well, Jerry, he, he wants to quit the bank, and he wants, to, he wants to start painting pictures for a living. And that's a farmer's way of explaining it. Mm -hmm. And so a wife to one of the um, persons having coffee said, well, uh, Clarence, you need to take that boy to Taos. And so um, Dad said, why would we want to do that? He, he said, well, that's where the, uh, the it's the second center, art center of the United States. Uh, that's where the artists settle, and you've got to take him to Taos. That's just not what you would do. So Dad came home and said, give me that story. So you want to go to Taos? And I, I said, well, let's go. And so this is fascinating, though. We drive to Taos, never been here before in our life. And there are six, rest, there are six um, hotels that you pass going through town. And we stop at the Kachina Lodge. Why? I don't know. Other than it was God, the leading of God's hand. Mm -hmm. We could have chosen any one of those. Um, so we check into a brand new uh, Kachina Lodge. And in that um, building were the Taos founders were. This the guy was a, was a collector of the founders. Isn't that amazing? It and I'm is. Going, I'm going like, oh, my God, these are the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. And I thought Mr. Thrasher could paint. And I thought I was able to paint. Well, this is the real stuff. Now, this is how I want to paint. Mm. I was 19. Good grief. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you talk about just the Lord's hand on just placing you where, right where he wanted you to be able to give you the vision for where you were headed. It's amazing. God is so good. He is. That is right. 
Uh, that that's a great story, Jerry. Now share with us how did you come to know the Lord? Uh, at what age? You know those kinds of things. How did all that happen? I was thirteen. I remember the day, the night. Um, at the same time, I was raised in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I began singing in the, in the church when I was 14. And so um, um, my mother was a singer, played the guitar and sang. So it was a natural bent. My brother is, was a fabulous singer. Uh, my brother passed away this coming uh, November, five years ago. So um, along, along this whole story, so let me, let me just kind of lay it out. Yeah. Uh, seeing the Talos founders, I immediately knew the imagery that I wanted to pursue. I did not study art. I didn't go to school uh, with that. Uh, just Mr. Thrasher just put me on a bicycle and said, here, you take off. And uh, he was the inspiration for me, the example of the beginning. And then the Lord led me to Taos. And so we were engaged when we were 19, having seen those paintings, uh, meeting the, some local uh, gallery owners. Uh, we came we, we, on that trip. We came back on our honeymoon at 20. Mm-hmm. Marilyn and I moved here at 21 and ran the Towson Art Gallery uh, just uh, right behind the Towson uh, lobby. We, they did seasons in those years. And so we went from April, April to fall, April to October. They then would go to Scottsdale for their winter seasons. Mm. And so that was my introduction to the art business part of the world, art world. And so um, it was a, a, a very harsh introduction. I continued to paint. But then when 1969 came along, the, I'm living in Taos in 1965, 1969 comes along. Wilson Hurley was showing in a gallery in Lubbock, Texas, called the Baker Company. And I had gotten one of um, Marilyn's cousins, Jack Drake, who was a woodcarver of birds, into that gallery. And I was, you know, I had done, I was doing some pretty good paintings, actually. Um, So I had, I was a little bit overconfident in thinking I could get into the gallery. And I had become friends with the bakers, and so I, I asked them, I said, I want to bring some paintings to show you. And they said, well, that's just wonderful. John Meggs is the curator for our gallery now, so just bring them up, and John, take a look. And so um, John's response was, um, well, Jerry, you just kind of paint all over the place. Uh, you've got you've got stutter dogs, you've got flying ducks, you've got geese, so you've got seascapes, and you've got still life and mountain scenes and horses. Um, you might already consider just uh, if settling on one thing in the art world, you really need to settle on one genre, he says. And I'm thinking, well, Mr. Thrasher, don't he paints all these things? Mm-hmm. Well, that was my example, you know. Sure, the thing, the thing about it was, uh, John Meggs did uh, the best job he knew how to do. But my recommendation, uh, for young people, for, for, for gallery dealers to, to respond to dealer to young people today. Is a is a more af- uh, affirmative approach. Had he said, Jerry, go on, go home, and uh, you choose one of those subject matters and bring me sixteen of those, and uh, let's take a look at them. And if we think you need some more work, we'll we'll do some critiques on it, and you can come back and bring some more. How's that sound? Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't do that. 
So instead, I go home and I take those paintings into my studio. I lock the doors. I didn't go into it for three months. Wow. And in the process, I'm thinking, well, I think I'm just going to quit it. And so mm -hmm. I quit, I quit painting. I sold my studio. My mom and dad had built us a brand new home next to my studio for our wedding gift. And um, so I sold it all and moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. I intended to be a real estate tycoon. Uh, that tycoon part didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so uh, that was in 1969. By 71, we weren't able to pay the rent on the apartment. And my brother and I started singing. And by 1975, I had come across already the phone call from God album, a material rather, and I was signed to MCA Records. And um, they sold 200,000 the first four weeks. And no. uh, I ended up having a number one record in 1975 and I was comedian of the year in 1976. I did albums for them for 75 and 76 and 77 come along. Um, they let me go because I didn't have any new material. Uh, the new guy on the box, uh, on the, the new, the new guy at MCA records called me and goes like, well, Jerry, what's, what's your third record going to be a lot? And I'm going like, mm, God and I have talked about everything I can think of, I think. He said, well, based on that, we're going to let you go. And I'm going, well, I could have answered that a little bit better. <laughs> But uh, so uh, the, the, the thing was this, if I was at Fanfare in Nashville my first year, I was sitting next to Marty Robbins, who was on MCA Records, mm -hmm. uh, Jeannie Pruitt, who was on MCA Records, all of them were Grand Ole Opry stars. And um, I had already done Grand Ole Opry. And um, so Jeannie says, so what about all these people line up for your autograph or for your, for your uh your album and your photograph and i'm going like genie girl look who i'm sitting next to um they're they're really here for your autograph she said i know that uh but you're the new kid on the block and so it must feel like something to you and i said well yeah um i tell you what if this if these guys were lined up to come to one of my art shows now i think that would be the hit mm. And so I knew right then what I really wanted to do. And I think that little excursion was God just showing me. I mean, I wanted to sing too. It was just giving me a taste of both, uh, both talents and which yes. one do you really want to pursue. And so when they didn't renew my contract, I went back to painting in 1978. And so I have called out what I have done in the, in the art world uh, since that time. And that's been 47 years. <laughs> wow. And I, I can't get over how quickly time goes by. And so I was approached to, uh, to tell the story a number of years ago in form of a book. And so that book is now out. And so um, been quite a journey. <laughs> that is that, you know, uh, what strikes me, I, I love what you said there about the Lord gave you a taste of that other end of things to show you where your calling really was, but it's remarkable that you, you were, that he moved you into one and into the other. You can just see his hand moving. You see his hand. It is, it's a great story, Jerry. You can see his hand. I'll oh man. It is just, 
it's really remarkable stuff that you're you're talking about here. And then to see you uh, making that shift back is, uh, you know, back into the art. And then it's just been gung ho ever since. But now tell me, did that when that happened, when you made that shift, was that like indelible? And now you knew, okay, got me going this direction. This is where I want to be in terms of going into the art. And that was what was going to happen. Well, sometimes the Lord has to, um, and look in writing this book and looking back on the whole story, what I realize is, is God just kicked me out of Brownfield. Um, mm. So it's to to explain that is like I was I was comfortable there. Uh, uh, we had a we had a beautiful new home, my studio, and I mean I was selling paintings. It wasn't that I couldn't paint; I actually could. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it was like the Lord said, okay, um, he knew what, look, he knew today was coming that many years ago. Yes. And so uh, I didn't. And I, so it's, let me explain it this way. Part of part, uh, my book is, the forward is written, the forward is written by Jack Morris. Do you know Jack? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Jack Morris wrote it. And part of what he said was, thank God that Jerry found Taos. Had he not done so, this story would have ended quite differently. And mm-hmm. so, um, ha- had I not gone to, to Nashville and gotten the singing out of my crawl, and, uh, you know, we did that almost 10 years, nine years. Wow. Yeah. We sang it, we sang in hundreds and hundreds of churches, every denomination you ever heard of or, or something you haven't heard of. And then, uh, had two very successful albums. Um, had that not happened, I don't know. Uh, I don't really, I don't know what happened. I don't know, but we, I do know that I found out that I loved art and painting as my first love. I think we mm. have, um, it's like this. I think God gives each of us a, a gift at our inception or conception. And that gift is a talent. Mm-hmm. And so it's up to us to develop that talent. Mm-hmm. God will not do it for you. Mm-hmm. He will not paint the painting for you. Mm-hmm. But he will lead you to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. You and know, and that that's an important point too, what you said there, Jerry, in terms of we're his instruments. And so that means that, you know, he empowers us, he guides us, he does all of that, but we get to be the ones that he's going to work through. We get to be the ones that get to be used of him and to develop these things that he's given us. And that's a that's such an important point. It is. And so um, that's really what my book's about. This the, My book's about this whole, whole story. And so, I, you know, over time, um, failures, uh, ups and downs, wonderful triumphs, and then falling and failing again. Mm. But I really, I really don't now at this point in time see them as failures. I see them as stepping stones to the next level or the next step. Uh, oftentimes we do stumble and fall. And I, I like to pass this information on to young artists who, who don't know really what they have. And it's not just artists. Any profession that you're gifted in, Mm-hmm. You'll go through life's troubles. And so mine happens to be painting. Yours is sculpting and drawing and painting. Um, 
but it's up to us to develop that gift. And so I like to, I like to compare it like this. When we, we all paint pictures of our lives as we're going through life. And so the pictures we paint is an example of our seeing the world mm-hmm. and our, our knowing the Lord or not, mm-hmm. how, how, how he's teaching, teaching, teaching us to lean more on him mm-hmm. and follow after the lead. So I, I, I compare the analogy to uh, once we learn that the gift is given to us by the Lord, and we're obligated to develop it. It's when we offer that result of that, of that gift, say minus painting. When I, when I offer this picture back to God himself as the giver of this gift, Mm -hmm. that give that, that picture becomes a painting. That picture then becomes the original painting. Oh boy. That's a great uh, that's a great vision. You, that what you just said there, Jerry. Uh, that what it really strikes you being able to offer that back up. You know, offering it up to to him in worship. Uh, in know, worship, also. yes. Oh, yeah. in gratitude, that, worship. Yes, absolutely. I love that picture, Jerry. That's fantastic. And oh, that's so good. That's that's what we all need to do. Is exactly that. Well, we each go through. Um, each level of development, um, it's, it's only when we look back we can see the hand of God in it. As an example, um, this is a huge thing. Um, we've gone through two different galleries in, in Taos and, and, and failed at both of them. Um, and so um, in 1998, um, I'm going to try to not take too long with this because we were running out of time. Um, we decided to move back to Brownfield, Texas, because my mother and father, who had taken care of us so well all of our lives, were had sold their big place, uh, their stock farms, and moved to a little apartment. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw the need that um, they would need us one day, and I was just painting. And I tell him, Marilyn, I said, well, uh, we need to go, we're going to need to go back to Brownfield and uh, spend some time with my m- mom and dad for a while. She said, I know that. And so I tell my, my mother about it and, and I think about it. And I named four houses I'd be willing to live in, in Brownfield, Texas. One was uh, the Portwood house. And my mother, well, she said, hey, you need to tell your daddy this. I said, I've not really talked to daddy about that. I'm just, I'm just telling him we're thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, daddy gets the phone. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> and I go like, uh, well, this is what I told you, my mom. And, and uh, we're considering maybe uh, selling this little house in Taos and coming back there and getting a house and all live together. And he said, Jerry, I, it's the best news I've heard all my life. I need you down here. And I go like, Okay, it's cemented. I mean, there's no, there's no debate now. We, we, we have to do it. And so, I called my realtor here and I said, um, "We're going to have to, we're going to move back to Brownfield. Can I find out what my little house might bring?" And um, we had paid seventy-five thousand for it. He said, "I think you can get two and a, two and a quarter." And I'm going, "Really?" Mm. 
Well, I might, that might have afforded me to go back to Brownfield. So mom had gone out and gone uh, to a church function and drove by the Portwood house, and lo and behold, wasn't a sign in the yard for sale. And I'm going like, oh, Heavenly Father, uh, I need to look at this. And so I called a realtor about it, and she said, no, honey, they put the sign in the wrong yard. It's one block up. It's the Brownfield house that's for sale. Well, my youngest daughter, Jabrina, was born across the street from the Brownfield house. Oh, and, wow. And I, it was built by, uh, it was designed by a Frank Lloyd Wright student. It cost $52,000 in 19, it cost $50,000 in 1952 to build. It was an amazing home. Mm. And so uh, the short of the story, we, we took a trip down there, saw it on a Sunday. My house sold here on Thursday. I was living there in 30 days. Wow. And so uh, that was a God thing. Yeah. And so I had become so disappointed uh, with, with the gallery failures. Uh, Kurt, I was sitting on my studio patio when I first got the, we, the first week I was there, looking across the street. My daughter was born in that house. And I remodeled it uh, just, um, you know, 100 feet from me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, how in the world did I end up back in Brownville? Um, now I know I'm here to look after my parents, but my dream was to live in Taos and paint. And I heard inside me, the father speak to me, Jerry, I brought you back to a safe place for you to start over again. Wow. And that's the, mer that's the mercy of God. It is. And I'm, wow. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, but I didn't really want to have to start over again, my goodness. But in our failures and our stumbles, and sometimes we become so discouraged, we get off center. And uh, we have to reset ourselves. And God moved me back home to reset me. Wow. My mother, uh, five years later, she had had... Uh, hepatitis C my growing up and we didn't know it but she, by, by this time uh, she was she was 80 um, let's see she was 83 I think when we moved there but um, no that's not right she was 78 hmm. by by the time we'd been there five years she had she had gone on to dialysis because her kidneys had failed, failed from hepatitis C hmm. she chose not to continue that and uh, called the family together, and she said a prayer over my brother and I. Uh, Father, I'm asking you to give Jerry uh, someone to look over him that would care for him and treat him right in the gallery world. Uh, give him a gallery. The gallery I was showing at here was a Shriver Gallery in the house. Mm -hmm. While she was passing away, that gallery closed. I had no paintings for sale anywhere. Um, her prayer was God give him a gallery and to my brother, uh, teach him how to paint himself. He wants to learn how to do this for himself. He'd been selling my work for, for 25 years after he and I quit singing. And so my mother passed away on October the 13th. And uh, because of some events that um, took place, a collector had bought a painting of mine from the Shriver Gallery here, and uh, ended up being at the the uh, memorial service for my mom, and 
and gave me a call and wanted to know uh, how I was doing. And I was like, well, you've lost your mom. It's, it's a terrible thing. But on top of that, I'm broke. And so um, he said, well, would you mind if I call Manitou Gallery to see if they'd be willing for you to show there? I want to have them come over in the morning and see this painting that I bought from you uh, in town. Mm-hmm. And that happened. So on November the 2nd, 2003, six weeks after my mom had passed away and prayed that prayer with me, I'm showing it at Manitou Galleries. Wow. And that's, that's been 20 years. And now uh, Brad Richardson of, of Legacy has bought that gallery and, and has sponsored this show that's coming up for me. Mm-hmm. And then the book is being introduced at that show. I'll have 25 major pieces that will be uh, auction seven will be a live auction and the rest are uh, draw by draw by draw. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's a remarkable story. And you talk about an answer to prayer and really seeing there's so many things you've said, Jerry, through this, uh, this last little thing that is just so impactful. Not only the answer to your mom's prayer, but then the, idea of the Lord resetting you and then moving you forward so that uh, you he, you could continue on in the calling that he had he's given you uh, those are so important things to get a hold of because you know we hit those walls or we hit those places where it seems like man nothing you know we're this is no good or you know whatever uh, you're you're sort of stymied and you put it in such a good way there the Lord's resetting you to move you forward into that next stage of your calling now back it up and watch and back it up i I painted a a, um a paint by number set when i was 13. Uh, i loved it so much i took the paint and painted on some cardboard uh poster board another painting and then that led to mr thrasher Mm -hmm. who led to taos getting discouraged by John Meg's critique. And I'm not knocking him at all as my reception of his, but mm-hmm. I have also learned how to, to help a young artist far more uh, effectively when I thought than I think what he did. Uh, within, within uh, from, from 71 to 75, having a hit record, we sold a million albums. I was number one in the country, um, in country music, uh, and then, not not being renewed and then going out to painting. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, you can just look back from 79 years old and this art show that I predicted in 1975. Jeannie, if they were lined up here for my art show, now that would be the head. Mm-hmm. And God knew that from the very beginning. That's my whole point. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh yeah, that's so good. <laughs> he, he says, well, you know, it's exactly what scripture says. I'm the God who tells you the end, and the end from the beginning. And he does that on every front. He knows every exactly front. every front. That is just so good, Jerry. I love that. Oh man. Uh, you know, now let's talk a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about this, your book that's coming out now, just so the listeners, because this will drop, you know, we're, we're about a month out where we're recording from your show. And tell us a little bit about the book, about the uh, show opens October 7th, but then this will, the, the podcast will come out after that. But that way people can kind of get a, a sense of what's going on with you and about how did, how did the Lord put this book together and to allow you to do that and just what it's all about? 
Well, I had no intentions of writing a book. Uh, it's been some of the articles say it was my live stream, but it wasn't. I had no idea. Uh, I had a collector that kept hounding me because he's heard me tell these stories. And it's mm-hmm. one, one collector. He says, you need to write this story down. I go like, no. Stephen, ain't nobody want to listen to that. He said, well, I do. So I think <laughs> a lot of people will. And I go, well, yeah, but I don't really have time to write a book. And I don't, no, I don't think so. And she said, well, why don't you let me come to your studio and record you just, uh, I'll videotape you, just tell your story. I'm glad I don't really have time to do that. Uh, I have some pretty good deadlines on all this work. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, I have a professional uh, videographer. Can I just bring this person and let them listen to you and tell your story and um, go from there? I said, well, no, yeah, okay. Uh, Let's do that. And so... This this lady came and uh, I had lunch with her and for her and I told my story. She recorded it and I found out the price of a video was a lot of money and uh, it's a PBS type documentary mm. and uh, so she goes. Um, so how would you go about funding this? And I said, well. I don't know. Let me let me think the rest. Let me, let me think for it a while. And so, by the end of the before she left, I said, "You know what I'll do is I'll, I'll paint. I'll earmark a large painting, earmark this project for a video, and um, we'll we'll see how that goes." And she said, "Well, that's a good idea." And so I'm painting Kurt one day, and I turn to a large canvas that's still hanging right behind me here on the wall. It's the seascape of Carmel. And it measures 50 by 96. Oh, wow. And on that canvas, I saw the imagery of this painting. It was a, a bunch of, a, a great number of riders on figures, on horses, in the Aspen. And I'm going like, there's my book, or there's my video, rather. And um, I ordered the canvas. I... Um, Began drawing it in December. I got it finished. Uh, by the spring, COVID hit. This mm-hmm. was in 2020, just about 2020. So I spent um, that period of time where the galleries were closed painting that painting. And I earmarked it book. I'm going like, you know, I don't see how you can really market the video with but uh, um, let's see. I think the book should come first. Hmm. Then I'll I'll fund the book from the sale of this painting. That painting uh, sold for one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. I never had that happen before. Wow! And my my portion went into a reserve to help fund this book. Okay. And so. Um, I set out to find some way to write it and some publish it. I had, look, I had nobody. I had nobody. I didn't know anything. Mm. But I did learn it cost a lot of money. But the Lord led me to Fresco Books in Albuquerque. Um, Nancy Stem. She had done Naito's book. She's currently doing one on John Coleman. Uh, she had done the Wilson Hurley book. So they're quite qualified. Mm-hmm. And so 
it was published by by uh, Fresco Books, edited by Susan McGarry, Susan um, Halston McGarry, McGarry, who was editor, editor of Southwest Art for a lot of years. And so uh, she did the editing, and I found Michael Clausen to do the writing. And so uh, another another painting was created, and, and the portion that I received from that contributed to the funding of this book also. And then here you are. I mean, it's going to be revealed at my show. <laughs> wow. What a great, you know, I love that. The Lord's just, he, he's just guiding you every step of the way. He <laughs> it's gives pretty you, amazing. It is. It's like he gives you the vision for the painting. I mean, just one step after the other. It, it's just wonderful to hear that. And I'll tell you so, what, what thrills me is that you know it's the hand of the Lord, and you're sitting here telling me all about what the Lord's been doing. I, I know from whence I come. That's right. Uh, listen, um, I don't know how many artists do this. I, I feel I have a sense that you do. Uh, and I've run in, into a number that has. But um, I depend totally on the Lord every single day to know how to paint these things. Mm. Um, I, I really envision a much larger painting than the painting. I want it. I want it to speak to the hearts and the spirits mostly, of of of, of the viewer and then mm -hmm. ultimately the collector. And so, I don't know how to reach that level. I don't know how to reach out of myself without reaching up to the Father, the Creator of all things, and asking for for inspiration on how to lead me. What? And I'll find myself um, a lot of times. I mean, I don't know how to paint them at all. I'll find myself in a juxtaposition and no, not knowing what to do next and be frustrated. Go, ah, I don't know how to do this and make a strike on the canvas. And, oh, my God. Well, that was perfect. That was what I needed all along. And so um, that's really the way I paint. And wow. um, this whole, I wanted to, for the viewer, for the listener to, uh, my book outli outlines this, this total um story that I've told you much in much better form than I've mumbled through today. It's, it's so well written and so honestly written that um, it's really a must for a young artist particularly. Hopefully it will in, it inspire the collector to know that there's more to art, creating sculpture and art than just sitting down and coming up with something. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's for a bigger purpose. It's to inspire. It's been to encourage and enlighten. The we saw more work during COVID than than any other time because people were not getting out and they wanted something inspirational to look at and feel around them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that's when my book was created. My 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 book and this painting. Wow, or the painting and the book rather. Yeah, that's that whole story is truly remarkable. Um, Really impactful to hear what the Lord's done through all of that, Jerry. Uh, what an encouragement. Let, let me tell you something else. Hmm. Just to back up. and uh, When my friend called me about my mom passing away, mm -hmm. I just wanted to know how things were going. I said, well, um, honey, I have uh, $40 to my name left. Wow. And she said, that's not going to go very well. I said, well, it's not. And that's when she asked me, could she call Manitou Gallery? 
three years later, she uh, called me and says, well, Parsons Gallery in Taos is putting in a contemporary living artist gallery. His work is deceased, deceased uh, Taos founder work, really. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, well, I'm going to Taos uh, real soon, so I'll go in and check them out. So I've been, sh I, I've been showing at Parsons Gallery for 17 years and, Parson and Manitou Gallery, now Legacy, for, for 20 they each have sold a thousand albums of over six million dollars. Wow, that's and I what, started out. With, I started with forty. Forty. If that isn't the hand of the Lord just going before you on every front, from the creative component to everything else, what a that's just fantastic, Jerry. Pray, wow. pray, praise the Lord. Praise yeah, the Lord. that's right, man. You have given us so much encouragement jerry through uh through this whole story um, i hope so oh man i can't tell you i it's just a remarkable uh story that, to the glory of god i mean it, you, you know the lord's just been moving in your life and i love that you know we're getting ready to kind of wrap it all up here what's a final word of encouragement that you could give to the listeners out there well i uh whether you're an artist um, or not, you do have a gift. And it was given to you by the Father himself, the creator of all things. It's in your DNA. When you follow that one thing that you just can't get away from and what will tend to get you up in the morning, that is the gift that you're responsible for developing. The, the fascinating thing is, and the wonderful thing is, that you don't have to do it without him. Mm. He will, he will, he gave it to you. He wants you to develop it, and he will help you every step of the way, leading you to, to people, to material. I mean, I'll go like, um, what, I don't know what to say, and I'll, I'll have a thought. I'll go like, well, let me look at this so, so photo. Well, that's it. That's one thing. Um, I'm going to paint that, and it'd be a success. But if, if you're if you want to be a nurse, if you want to be a farmer, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it is, you're making a difference. What the, what the venue that you're going to express his gift through? Once you learn that it's our responsibility to develop it mm -hmm. and return it to him as a gift to him, uh, you found your purpose here on life in life. Oh, that's really good, Jerry. I, that's just fantastic. It's right on the money. How can we stay in touch with you? Uh, www.jerryjordantaus.com. Super. How can we pray for you, Jerry? Oh, uh, really that I stay humble before the Lord. That's a great prayer request. Boy, we all need to do that. That's for sure. Okay, listeners, we know how to pray for Jerry. That's fantastic. Well, Jerry, thank you for spending the last hour with us and just sharing all that the Lord has done in your, your life and your story. What an encouragement. I am so appreciative. Thank you so much. I so appreciate the opportunity, Kurt. Uh, um, you're one of my favorite, I'll tell you that. Well, I believe we have a mutual admiration society. I think you're just a wonder. We really hit it off. I think your work is fantastic. And better yet, you and Marilyn are just 
you love the Lord and it's just, it shows in everything. And I love that. Well, get my book. There you go. And how can we do that? I forgot. I was negligent to ask that. How can we do that? It's on my website, Jerry Jordan. Okay. I'm going to put all that in the show notes so that everybody has access to that. So uh, we'll, we'll get that squared away. Okay. Okay, Well, thank you, Jerry, so much. And listeners, thank you for listening to the podcast, for being a part of this wonderful conversation. Don't forget to share and to give a review on the podcast. What that'll do is let the podcast be found by more people. Now, you can keep in touch with me on Instagram or on Gab at The Creator's Calling. The music on the podcast is by Chris Matson, and you can follow him on Instagram or on YouTube at Chris Matson Worship. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And please, Join me next time as together we follow Jesus and listen for the Creator's calling. Bye for now.